And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Thank you very much for joining us here on Red Eye Radio. Gary and Eric, they return next uh, Monday, next, I should say, next Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. There's a number of different really intriguing stories to talk about, including Nikki Haley finds herself in a in a wee bit of a controversy and it's it's a fascinating discussion because i think that when the question comes up whether or not nikki haley is ready to be president i think part of politics is recognizing opportunities and taking those opportunities and if you're paying attention to the news cycle this morning you will realize that she missed a great opportunity and now she does find herself mired in controversy. Now, again, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandis here indeed. A little bit about me, if you um, are hearing me for the first time. I host a morning show in Nashville on Super Talk, 99.7 WTN, 6 to 10 Eastern Time. You can find out more about me on the socials at Dan Mandis Show. So here's what happened to Nikki Haley. And for the life of me, I just don't know what she was thinking. And just so you know, I'm not one of those, um, you know, Republicans who thinks that Nikki Haley is, you know, the devil incarnate. I, I don't. She is like third or fourth on my list of Republicans that I would vote for if, uh, you know, in the in the presidential primary for the Republicans. But I just I think she's a weak candidate. A lot of people like her. Me, she's not the one that I would vote for. But listen to this. She was asked about the cause of the Civil War. Now, she's at a town hall, and the the guy gets up, and he asks her the question. And it's fascinating because she seems genuinely befuddled and confused at how to answer this question. Thank you, Ambassador. Thank you. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? 
Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we, I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have mm -hmm. economic freedom. We mm -hmm. need to make sure that we do all things mm -hmm. so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Okay, so there, did you, I want to make sure you got all that. Now, she is being roundly criticized by folks on the left because she didn't answer precisely exactly how they feel that she should have answered the question, which was she didn't mention anything about slavery. And the guy who stood up and asked her about the cause of the Civil War uh, asked her directly, why didn't you say anything about slavery? What do you want me to say about slavery? And you know what his answer was? Never mind, you've answered my question. And so now Nikki Haley is mired in a controversy because she refused to say anything about slavery as the cause of the Civil War. Now, here's what I mean when I say that she completely missed an opportunity. Now, we can argue all day long, and I have for years, about the start of or the causes of the Civil War. You know, some are going to say that the Civil War was about states' rights, but ultimately that right that they were fighting over or about was slavery. But some people will dispute that, and, and that's fine. We can all have our disagreements. But Abe Lincoln, of course, as you know, he's a Republican, uh, just simply wanted to keep America together and united one way or another. You can also talk about the expansion of slavery into the West. That was also a big part of the cause of the beginning of the Civil War. You can talk about the economic ramifications of, of the South. If slavery were to end, how the South would really be impacted because they needed slavery. For producing cotton and the north, of course, a lot of folks will say didn't necessarily need slavery for their economy. So there's a lot of different ways to talk about it. And I'm here to tell you, as a guy who's lived in the south for many years, this is still very hotly debated. But here's the point. We can all debate it until we're blue in the face on the, the cause of the Civil War. But where Nikki Haley went wrong. And this is why she's not ready to be president. Because this, for me, it would have been a great moment for her to embrace that it was the Republican Party who freed the slaves. And it's the Republican Party who right now are the ones who stand for the freedoms and the liberty that makes America great today. That's the whole point. I mean, she got mired down. It's like an, a minute, 15 seconds. Of, you know, the government and what the government is supposed to do and not do and what the government stands for. So on. And I understand that. 
But to me, it is the Republican Party that does stand for freedom. It does stand for liberty. And it is the Democrats who want to keep America mired in the deep divisions of past generations by bringing up reparations, for example, and the politics of race baiting. So she completely missed an opportunity. But I will also tell you that it's it's not up to the media to tell these, um, you know, presidential candidates how they should or should not answer a question. Says the guy who is talking about how Nikki Haley should have answered the question. I do understand that. But I just do believe that she missed an opportunity. But here's the problem. I think that she was probably worried about offending somebody or some segment of uh, the population. I don't know if she was worried about offending the South or whatever. But at the end of the day, somebody who is running for the presidency needs to be able to talk about and convey the greatness of your own party. And of your own vision for America. And for the Republican Party, we are all about freedoms and liberty, period. What about full stop? That's what they like to say, full stop. And so to me, there are many different debates about the cause of the Civil War. But here's the thing, friends. There is no debate. As to what the Republican Party stands for today. There is no debate as to which side. Continues to stoke the fires of racism and race baiting in America today. There is no debate. It is the folks on the left. It is the media as well. The same media that is going after Nikki Haley for not mentioning slavery as the cause of the Civil War. It's not up to the media to tell Nikki Haley or anyone how to answer a question. No. She can answer it any way she wants. And if that is the answer that she came up with, which it seemed like a rather random gotcha kind of a question, because when she says that's not necessarily an easy question to answer, well, she is right. Because here she is in the middle of some town hall and a guy stands up and asks the question and there is a lot there. There is a lot there. And everything that I just said, when you talk about, you know, the expansion of slavery into the West or the South needing slavery for their economy, the North not necessarily, states' rights – I mean, all of those points that I made, they're counterpoints to. So I do understand when she says, well, that's, you know, not necessarily an easy question to answer. I mean, to me, it's an easy question. But I think she fumbled on the answer because really the answer isn't about 
the cause of the Civil War? The answer is really what is going on today and how she can try to do whatever it is that she can to unify our country. Because let me tell you something right now, our country is not unified. And one of the big divisions that we have in America today is all the race baiting that is going on. And so for Nikki Haley, that is most certainly something that she should have called out the Democrats and the media on. But for her, that was how she wanted to answer the question. And so now people can spend all day long and twice on Sunday criticizing that answer. And if you Google Nikki Haley Civil War right now, you will see all kinds of headlines admonishing her for not mentioning slavery as the cause of the Civil War. And so now she's going to have to go on some sort of, I don't know if it's going to be an apology tour or what it is. But to me, because of the fact that she wasn't able to answer that question and talking about the freedoms and the liberty that the Republican Party currently stands for. To me, that tells me that Nikki Haley and I knew this, but that tells me that Nikki Haley isn't the one that is able to personify personify what the Republican Party and conservative values actually stand for. So now the next question is, should Nikki Haley be the running mate of Donald Trump? Now, I'm here to tell you, I don't know why this is a conversation, but it is. And now we have Donald Trump himself following his uh, daughter, uh, Laura Trump, and also Donald Trump Jr., uh, both of his kids, two of his kids, talking about whether or not Nikki Haley should be the running mate of Donald Trump. And now the former president himself was asked that question. We'll talk about that straight ahead. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hot Shot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control, but oftentimes the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. The U.S. is much more lax on this specification, which leads to more fuel system failures here in the U.S. compared to other parts of the world. Without the proper lubrication, you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec, to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hot Shot Secret EDT Plus Winter Defense, a 7-in-1 anti-gel fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards and the Engine Manufacturers Association recommendation for lubricity to keep you from gelling. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hot Shot Secret's EDT Plus Winter Defense at HotShotSecret.com. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. Appreciate you listening, and uh, they'll be back Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So Nikki Haley, should she be Donald Trump's running mate? Now, again, I'm not entirely certain why this is a conversation. However, uh, Donald Trump himself was on Newsmax. I'm going to play you that audio in a second, but first... His uh, kids actually chimed in, and uh, this is what Laura Logan, I should say Laura Trump, had to say regarding Nikki Haley and should uh, Nikki Haley be her dad's running mate. Ever pick Nikki Haley as a VP? Would you ever do that? Crazier, crazier things have happened. Ooh, I don't know. I would no. never say not never <laughs> with Donald J. Trump. All right, so that is uh, Laura Trump, and she was on Newsmax, and uh, so then you had Donald Trump Jr., because you know how this goes, right? So uh, Laura Trump says, well, never say never. Then you have Donald Trump Jr., who was just triggered by the question, actually. Listen, I, I wouldn't have her. I would go to great lengths to make sure that that doesn't happen. Nikki Haley wants never-ending war. She's a puppet of the establishment in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Uh, she's the new favorite candidate of the billionaire class because they want control. No different than academia and Harvard and using you know, their billions to exercise influence. They want someone they control. Uh, Ron DeSantis has proven that he doesn't have what it takes to be on that stage. He's embarrassed himself that way. She's now the preferred candidate candidate. And by the way, all you'd get is her, a team trying to destroy Donald Trump from within forever. The second she ever got that you know, anointment, uh, it would be a disaster uh, of epic proportion. So I, I would hope that that never is on the table. And I don't think it is. All right. So that is Donald Trump Jr. So you had Laura Trump saying, well, never say never. 
you had Donald Trump Jr. saying, uh, yeah, say never. So the former president himself was then on Newsmax and asked the same question. Well, Nikki, I know very well. And I actually got along with her very well, and right. she wasn't going to run. She said I was a great president, and she would not run as long as I ran. And, you know, that's famous. That's documented with her statements. It's on about 15 tapes mm-hmm. and, you know, broadcast all over the place. Right. And then one day she decided to run. So, you know, I, I thought that was somewhat disloyal. Not nearly as disloyal as Ron DeSanctimonious, who I got elected. And uh, then he, you know, ran. So that was, and he looks, he's crashed and burned. But the point is that, look, I know her very well. I actually got along with her very well. As you know, she left at a nice ceremony at the White House, you know, the Oval Office. It was very nice. She said terrific things about me. She said he's a great president. And then she decided out of nowhere to run. So, So the question was, what about Nikki Haley as a running mate? Mr. Former President Donald Trump. So I was a little bit surprised at that, but that's a politician. Uh, no, I'm not considering anybody at this time, Jen. Look, I want to win. And one thing I will say, and I've watched this for a long time, the vice president has virtually no impact. You could go back all throughout history. Whoever the choice of vice president is has virtually no impact as to who is uh, going to get a nomination or get elected. It's an amazing yeah. thing, actually. Surprising. So... He, he never answered the question. So and and listen, that, and that was an edited. That was a, a minute, ten second long soundbite that was edited down from I think it was about two minutes thirty seconds, where the question was very simple: Would you consider Nikki Haley as a running mate? And Trump just didn't answer the question. And so now you have the media, of course, they're jumping on this, saying, "Well, he didn't say no. He didn't say no." Yeah, but when it's when you're talking about Donald Trump, he doesn't always stay so focused. So I don't I don't wouldn't necessarily read too much into that, to be perfectly honest. 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Here is Dan Mandis. Eight six six ninety Red Eye is the phone number. I've I've got to tell you the uh, whole Nikki Haley thing, and about whether or not she should be Donald Trump's uh, running mate. The reason why I think that this is a, a silly topic of conversation, yet here I am on the national broadcast talking about it is because I don't believe that Donald Trump would ever choose Nikki Haley as a running mate. I think that he would choose either Ron DeSantis, although he really doesn't like Ron DeSantis, but he would either pick Ron DeSantis, he would possibly pick uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, maybe Tim Scott. I would really like Tim Scott. But I just don't see him picking Nikki Haley. So why this is even a topic of conversation, I don't know. And why it is that Newsmax goes off, and I played the audio right before the uh, previous break, 
where you had Laura Trump and Donald Trump Jr. both chiming in and they seem to have, you know, differing answers. And then finally they ask, uh, you know, Donald Trump himself and he didn't say no. He said that she was not nearly as disloyal as uh, Ron DeSantis was. But I also don't believe that Nikki Haley, who is, uh, you know, still a young woman. I don't think that she would be Donald Trump's running mate. I, I think that she understands that there are some inherent challenges when it comes to being Donald Trump's vice president. You know, just ask Mike Pence. And so for Nikki Haley, I just I don't believe that she is willing to be Trump's running mate. And frankly, I believe that Donald Trump can do better. I really do. Because remember, one of the things that a vice president does or a running mate does is that person has to be an attack dog. Now, when it comes to Donald Trump, he is his own attack dog. So he doesn't necessarily need somebody who is also an attack dog. He needs somebody who, quite frankly, might be a little smoother around the edges. And so then I go back again to uh, Tim Scott. Vivek Ramaswamy can, I believe, do anything he needs to do to be Donald Trump's running mate. Although with Vivek, he has said over and over again that he does not want to be Donald Trump's uh, running mate. He'll go back to the private sector. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. Jay is calling from Chicago on Red Eye Radio. Jay, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I just think you're burying the lead a little bit. If you actually listen to what Donald Trump said, he said he's not considering anyone. So he's all about winning this thing. So until all that dust settles and all these people get shaken out for what they were or what they are or what they really truly stand for, I don't know Mm -hmm. that anybody you're seeing on that stage has any front runnership than anybody else on the planet, for that matter, to be the running mate for Donald Trump. Well, he's got to pick somebody there, Jay. Do do you have any uh, do you have any suggestions? Well, I think it's a I think it's a, a great idea to not tip your hand because yeah. why, why give the liberal media and the press something else to just run with and beat into the ground? You just hey, you just hold your cards and you worry about that later. And then when you really want to rev them up and tick them off, that's when you tell them who it is. Uh, who would I love to have? I'd love to have somebody. I, you know, I don't want to lose any of the great senators because we only have like three of them. But yeah. I would love to see like a Rand Paul. I would love to see Tim Scott. I would love to see um, uh, Texas. You said I, you I, said you Texas. Know, I, You're talking about Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz. I'd love to see Texas Cruz. Right, exactly. But you, you know, you you run the risk of taking them out and putting that state or that seat in a vulnerable position. So I'm kind of torn on all of that. So I would like to somebody outside of the box, like completely outside of the box. And wouldn't it be he... hilarious if he picks... Wouldn't it be hilarious if he picks somebody like Elon Musk? <laughs> He's got time on his hands. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, or, their, you know... Pe- it would pe- blow their brains all over the streets. They're their heads would explode. All right, so Jalen, let me ask you. Let, let, let me ask you this: What about? Because uh, I know that somebody's probably going to call and bring it up. What about Tucker Carlson? Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my opinion on Tucker, but I want to hear what okay. you have to say about it first. 
oh, well, well, that's not really fair. You got the big microphone. But uh, I like Tucker, but I just think he's kind of a, a polarizing figure, too. You know what I mean? So and you've already yeah. got one polarizing figure. You need yep. somebody who's more, I mean, everybody I mentioned is polarizing, too, but all, only to the left. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep, Tucker I Carlson do. and Donald Trump are polarizing to both the left and the right, which is why I like them both. So here's what I would say about but Tucker. Here, Jay, here's what I would say about Tucker is that, and I, my local audience in Nashville knows this, I say this all the time, is that I think Tucker is a great influencer, and I think he is uh, more influential not trying to be a vice president. I think that he is far more influential uh, doing what he's doing, quite frankly. I don't think he needs to be vice president. I think he needs to do exactly what he is doing, which is uh, he's getting ready to make, uh, you know, he's got his Tucker Carlson network or whatever it is. And I think that that's what he needs to do. And I I, I believe well, that. Uh, I like that. But don't, but don't you don't you think my Elon Musk idea is delicious? Just think about that. Oh I, I think I think that would be a well, it would because and, you know, I, I think I think Trump, he where was I, I should know this, but where was Elon Musk born? I'm not really sure either, to be honest with you, but I think South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think could he I don't think he could be a uh, vice president if he was born in South Africa, because uh, if you I'd have to what look up the rules. Dual, what if it, yeah, I don't know the rules either, but like. If he has dual citizenship, I don't understand why that would be an issue. Yeah, good but, point. I mean, good point. Well, Jay, I'll have to look that up, and I appreciate the call very much. Thank you. Yeah, Elon Musk, you know, just the sheer – and one of the things that I, I like about um, about Donald Trump is – and I've, I've had this debate before. I've had this debate where when, when you look at uh, Donald Trump and some of the things that he does – for example, over the last couple of weeks, what did he say – this was, I think, a week ago, which is um, when he what, what what did he say? The blood uh, illegal immigrants are staining the blood or of, of our country, whatever it was. And you had all of these people on the left start screaming. Oh, my God, he's channeling Adolf Hitler. And he really wasn't. But then he did it again. And he knows that w- what he is doing is he is, uh, you know, clearly, what's the best way to put this? Triggering people on the left when when he does something one time, he sees a response and then people go bat crap crazy and he does it a second time. I mean, I, me personally, I think it's great. I do. I think it's great because part of what it does, you know, and I don't mean to sit here and, and bag on Nikki Haley all night, but uh, there's another soundbite that um, maybe I'll play a little bit later on where she talks about the uh, situation regarding chaos. Remember that that audio audio bite? I don't know if Gary and Eric played it, but there's a um, an audio bite out there where she says that and you've probably heard it where Chaos follows Donald Trump wherever he goes. Well, here's the thing. It is not Donald Trump's fault necessarily that chaos follows him. The reason why chaos follows him is because you have the left that will do or react insanely to just about anything the man uh, does or has done. And that's a problem. 
that's a problem for the left, but that's not a problem for Donald Trump. But to me, it seemed to me like, and I'll get into more of this later on in the show, to me, it seemed like Nikki Haley was blaming the victim in this case when she's talking about, oh, chaos follows Donald Trump wherever he goes. Okay, well, that's not necessarily Donald Trump's fault. It wasn't Donald Trump's fault that the Democrats went after him for this, uh, you know, air quoting now, Russian collusion that never happened. But you could say that that was chaotic, but that wasn't Donald Trump's fault. It wasn't Donald Trump's fault that the Democrats, you know, coordinated with the help of uh, Republicans, some Republicans, by the way, as well, the whole dirty dossier and made up all that BS. That wasn't Donald Trump's fault that that happened. They lied about him and they lied to the American people. And so you can sit here and you can say, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump, you know, brings chaos. Well, Donald Trump brings chaos getting getting out of bed in the morning. But that's, again, not necessarily always his fault. It's because the media and the Democrats and some Republicans, they are so incredibly infused with Trump derangement syndrome that they are the ones that bring chaos. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye, 8669073339. Meg sent me a note. No, and I, I didn't think so. When Jay, who called in the previous segment, recommended Elon Musk for vice president, you know, on the one hand, it's like I, I to be perfectly honest, had never really even thought about Elon Musk. But no, he cannot be vice president because he was not born in this country. He, he, he may have, I guess, dual citizenship or whatever, but you have to be born in this country. But besides all that, again, people like Elon Musk, people like Tucker Carlson, they are far more influential doing what they're doing. Now, a guy found me on uh, Twitter and uh, he says, good morning, Dan. Good morning. Uh, he's, uh, Let's go pit, I guess, is his handle. Why is nobody recommending Tucker Carlson to be Trump's press secretary? Well, uh, if you listen to me in mornings on Super Talk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, you will know that I have recommended just that, as a matter of fact. Either Tucker or Vivek Ramaswamy, either one of them would just be absolutely epic. Oh, can you imagine? Uh, he says it's uh, absolute nonsense to suggest that Tucker be the VP. His forte is sparring with leftists and as press secretary, he would be awesome and he would also be entertaining. And uh, I absolutely agree with that one. 
Uh, got a lot of phone calls. Want to get to them. Daphne is in South Carolina calling uh, Red Eye Radio. Daphne, go ahead. Good morning. Uh, listen, Nikki Haley was not a good governor. The only reason that anything was accomplished in South Carolina was because we had a full uh, supermajority of GOP in our Congress. As a matter of fact, she says that she admires Hillary, and she's more like Hillary than she is any GOP candidate because she went around our Congress Mm -hmm. and gave 200 acres of land near a military facility here in South Carolina to the Chinese. So she has got that power thing going on, and the only claim to fame is I am woman. Okay? Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Daphne. I appreciate it. I'll have to look up that uh, giving 200 acres to the Chinese. That, I got to tell you, uh, would be a deal breaker for me. But again, she she is not my candidate, never has been, never will be. Although, and here's the thing, and people get really angry when I say this. If she were the nominee for the Republicans, I don't think it's going to happen. But if she were the nominee for the Republicans, would I vote for her despite her flaws? I would. Because despite her flaws... I still believe that she would be better than any Democrat that's out there right now. Certainly, uh, Joe Biden. And again, I appreciate uh, the call. Let's see here. Tom is in Jacksonville, Florida on Red Eye Radio. Tom, go ahead. Hey, Dan. Uh, Trump had said originally after the first or second debate, there wasn't anybody on the stage that he would pick as a running mate. My choice would be Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she worked in his administration uh, while he was uh, president, and she's done a fantastic job in the state of Arkansas in many areas. So she would be my choice. You know, she's really good. I will tell you that I was a big fan of uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she was press secretary, and I was also a a big fan of her dad, uh, Mike Huckabee. Still am a fan of Mike Huckabee, actually. So... You know what? I could see that, but I would also say that I think that she's got she's got a lot to learn about politics, given the sense, given the fact that she's so new at it uh, because, you know, she was somebody who has been involved in politics. But I believe this is uh, her first actual elected position as the governor of Arkansas. However, I like it. It's six, six, ninety red eye. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now... It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 
866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. Gary and Eric, they return Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Hope you're doing well and hope you had a great Christmas and uh, Merry Christmas to you. New Year's coming up as well. Had a caller from uh, South Carolina call in the previous hour. Absolutely blasting Nikki Haley for uh, one of the big reasons was this uh, land sale. Now, it turned it wasn't a land sale to China. So I looked it up and had uh, a couple of people send this to me as well. So basically what happened and I've got some some further information on her relationship with China, because remember, right now here in America, particularly if you're a conservative, China's the bad guy. There's no other way to put it. I mean, we could go down the road of covid. We could talk about theft of intellectual property. We could talk about uh, all of these people from China coming across our southern border. I mean, folks, I could do an hour on China. But what does all that have to do with Nikki Haley? Well, Nikki Haley has been talking a lot about uh, the ills, the evils of China. But back when she was governor, this is from uh, multiple sources, but basically I'm going to pull this from ABC News, where she did indeed uh, give China 200 acres to a Chinese fiberglass company to set up shop there in South Carolina. And so one of the things that happened is out on, I don't have the audio, it's, it, it just came up. But basically somebody got up and, and confronted Nikki Haley on this. And uh, she was accused of selling land to China and, and Haley denied it. Well, technically it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a sale of land. It was literally a giveaway of land to China or at least these Chinese, this Chinese company. Now, this Chinese company did have a uh, connection to the CCP. There was some sort of a board member who was also involved in the government. You know, one of those kinds of deals. But the bottom line is the people of South Carolina, we heard from one uh, resident of South Carolina who didn't like it. But then when you start looking into, you know, Nikki Haley's history, listen to this. In 2015, Nikki Haley ranked as number one among Republican governors in Chinese investment when adjusted for GDP, bringing in over five hundred and sixty five million dollars in Chinese investment for the year. Now, the more you look at this and then you say, "Okay, well, do all governors do this? She says, yes, all governors do do this. She says that Ron DeSantis has done this. She has said out on the campaign trail, uh, Ron DeSantis is aggressively recruiting Chinese companies now. And just last week, he scrubbed all of the Florida government website of proof of that Chinese recruitment. So I don't know. She said, don't believe what you read. But again, the Washington Post, Meg sent this to me, the Washington Post uh, fact checked Nikki Haley on that. Now, whether or not Ron DeSantis has, you know, any involvement as uh, the, the Florida governor uh, for involvement with China, I, I suppose uh, he has probably done business with China as well. Here's the thing is that when you are a a governor of a state, there is such a thing like it or not as foreign investment. 
But when you look back at 2015, I mean, we knew China was up to no good in 2015. So now here we are at the end of 2023 and China looks really bad and they've gotten worse since Joe Biden became president. You know, we could go down the road of Donald Trump and, you know, all of these other things. But the bottom line is that China has been one of our biggest enemies for a long time. And so then if you're a governor, you have to think about, okay, so China wants to invest in my state. Well, then will they bring jobs? What will the economic benefit be to my state? And then that's the, you know, that's the compromise that as a governor, you have to come to a decision for yourself is will it help the, the economy of my state? And is this going to compromise the security of my state and also the security of America? And so for Nikki Haley, though, I mean, she even the Washington Post fact checked her on that story. So instead of 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 saying, yes, let me tell you why this benefited in 2015. Let me tell you why this benefited my state of South Carolina and why I gave these 200 acres to this Chinese fiberglass company. This was my reasoning. But instead, she sort of obfuscated what happened. And to me, if you're not able to, and I don't want to turn this, you know, I don't want to turn the entire show into a, you know, Nikki Haley hate fest. I don't want to do that. But here's the thing. You need to be able to defend the things that you did when you were governor. When you're running for the presidency, you need to be able to defend every single decision you make, whether you're Nikki Haley, whether you're Ron DeSantis, whether you're Tim Scott, whether you are Donald Trump, quite frankly, or Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden has a heck of a lot that he has to defend. And and Joe Biden has done the indefensible. I mean, there's there are things that uh, Joe Biden has done that to me. When you look at the overall body of work of Joe Biden in his first term in office, and God help us, I hope it's his only term in office. It is ugly. It is really ugly. And I realize that there's a lot of people that will say, well, Nikki Haley is just as bad as Joe Biden. I mean, I've gotten in knockdown, drag out fights. And again, I, I, I will tell you once again that there are there are four other candidates I would vote for. Donald Trump, should should I go in order? I'll go in order. Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy. Those are the three that I would vote for first. Now, if Nikki Haley was, for whatever reason, she ended up being the nominee for the Republicans, then I would choose Nikki Haley over Joe Biden. I would. Would I be uh, holding my nose? To do it, absolutely I would. But here's the thing. I would trust her over Joe Biden with the border. I believe that she would give us at least more conservative Supreme Court picks than uh, Joe Biden would or Hillary Clinton would. But I understand that there's some people that absolutely even hate that concept. And I do understand that. By the way, here's a few other things that are going on. I just want to get this out of the way. Now, If you're a conservative, you've been called every name in the book since Donald Trump took that trip down that escalator, right? I mean, don't we all know that? 
So there is a great misgendering controversy out there. I don't don't know if you've seen that. By the way, the phones are going crazy. 866-90-RED. I, I will get your calls. But there's now yet another misgendering controversy. Now, if you don't know what misgendering is, you have all of these, uh, you know, trans folks running around. And it's usually transgender woman or a man dressed up like a woman and gets all bent out of shape if somebody has the audacity to call him by his God-given gender. They call it misgendering. And here's the thing. Why is it? Let me just ask you a, a rhetorical question. Why is it okay to call a conservative every name in the book? Misogynist, racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, Nazi. Did I already mention Nazi? I don't know. Nazi. Why is it okay for the media and people on the left to call us every godforsaken name in the book. Yet you have one person in the current great misgendering controversy who actually calls a man by his pronoun, which is he's a man, and all of a sudden this is a massive controversy. So this happened, I think this was in New York, where you've got transgender actor Tommy Dorfman accusing a Delta Airlines worker of committing a human rights violation after misgendering him during a row which went viral this week. And so I've got the uh, audio for you, and it, it is rather ridiculous. Here it is. And by the way, this this guy, the Delta Airlines um person who is working at the Delta Airlines desk, who is the victim of this verbal assault by this Tommy Dorfman, uh, he handles this absolutely perfectly. So so Dorfman, uh, apparently this guy and another woman who worked for Delta Airlines had the audacity to call Dorfman. Dorfman, uh, he, listen. What about when an adult employee misgenders you so intentionally? Why she's talk, while he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Yeah. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both oh, of boy. you have. Sorry. Wasn't intentional, but if you yeah. want to take it personal, that's yeah. also. Well, she did do it intentionally twice. Yes. You're talking to me too. You said she and then you said he. You're being condescending. And if you want to continue, Ooh. I have full authority escort you out the building right oh, yeah. this moment. If you want to play that game with me. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. I'm good. I'll just put this on. I love that. I love what this Delta employee said. I mean, I don't know who this dude is, but he is my hero. You're being condescending. And if you want to continue, Ooh. I have full authority escort you out the building right this moment. If you want to play that game with me. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. I'm good. I'll just put this on. Now, you, you can hear both uh, the the employees that work for Delta say, no, we didn't mean to misgender you. I mean, look, here, here's my official deal on this. If people want to do what they want to do, that's their business. But don't sit here and scream that we have to play along with your demands that you are a woman when you're clearly not. You are clearly a man. It is bullying and it's delusional. But let me tell you something, people like uh, this Tommy Dorfman, who I've never heard of, 
But I think uh, he was in this 13 Reasons Why. It's a, it's a show. But here's the thing is that when you look at what's going on across the country and this Tommy Dorfman, the, the best thing that happened to Tommy Dorfman was this great misgendering controversy. Because guess what? Because old Tommy there is a social media influencer. And so he gets to put his um, his video up on uh, Twitter or YouTube or, you know, Instagram or TikTok, whatever it is, and and gets to play the victim. And for people like Tommy Dorfman, that is all they ever really want is to be able to play the victim. They get very excited when they get to play the victim, because that means that they get all kinds of likes and they get all kinds of follows and so on and so forth, whatever. But you listen to that audio, and who is more polite and professional and rational? It's the people from Delta. And Dorfman is just accusing them of purposely misgendering him. And they're just like, well, we didn't mean to do it, whatever. But as somebody who has been called a lot of names over the years, I can tell you that this whole misgendering stuff is nothing compared to what conservatives and Republicans are called these days. And so for me, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. What I would say is a silly story. It's just, at least to me, this Tommy Dorfman doing whatever he can do to try to, what's the best way to put this? Get a little notoriety. That's what it is. And by the way, if you want to start going down the road, of, of transgender and the transgender wars in this country. We, we, we can. We could talk about uh, all of these men that are being allowed to play on women's sports teams. You want to talk about that? Talk about that. You can talk about women and, uh, you know, teenage girls who are being physically hurt by men playing on female sports teams and against females. I find that a heck of a lot more controversial than this guy who is a man and dressed up like a woman. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. We'll return next on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by FPPF Fuel Power Max. It's a common road rumor that it's impossible for one-truck owner-operators and even carriers with just two or three trucks to get freight direct from the source, the shipper. Yet, hard-won experience from untold numbers of owner-operators with authority disproves the notion. Search your home base area and, later, frequent freight destinations to find all the manufacturers, distributors, and other shippers in the area. Once you get that list, ask yourself if those companies know who you are and what you do. If not, you're leaving opportunities on the table. Strive to own your backyard, to build a solid foundation for the business. For many a small fleet, it's the loads outbound from home that are the bread and butter. But you can take that same approach to the destination area, identifying shippers there and getting on the phone to make sure they know who you are and what you do. Owner Operator Business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
Red Eye Radio, 86690. Red Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Daniel Cameron. Now, I, I'm just here to tell you, if you don't know who Daniel Cameron is, he is the attorney general for the state of Kentucky. And this guy is incredible. And I've been impressed with him. I'm in, I'm in Nashville. I'm in Tennessee. And I pay a lot of attention to Daniel Cameron because I think that he is really good. You know, since we're sitting here, you know, talking about possible running mates for uh, former president, possibly future president Donald Trump, I'm just throwing his name out there. But again, I don't think that he's somebody who uh, is um, inclined to be Donald Trump's vice president. I think that at some point I would love to see Daniel Cameron run for higher office because he is simply incredible and a guy that I, I have been watching his political career and he is doing amazingly well. Uh, let's see here. Ricky. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of Kentucky, Ricky is in Lexington, Kentucky on Red Eye Radio. Uh, Ricky, what do you think of Daniel Cameron? Uh, Cameron, he's a good guy, man. I've met him once. Real nice talker. All right. Very good. Well, uh, yeah, I'm a he's a seems to me to be like a good conservative. Haven't gotten yeah. into the weeds of his uh, you know policies, but he's certainly somebody who uh, loves America, law and order, you know, protecting the border and, and the rest of that. So, well, what did you want to call about? Yes, sir. Well, I was calling about for the vice chief. I'm, I'm looking more for not just for the next four years, but next for the next 12 years. Right. And I think my and I think the pitch. Trump would be, in my opinion, would be a, a South Carolina or South South Dakota governor, Christy Nome. You know, a lot of people have mentioned Christy Nome, and you know, part part of me, a uh, part of me worries about taking you know governors uh, away from their states. Is you don't want to lose those good conservatives. Whether you know, I was talking to a guy earlier. You don't want to lose the good conservatives that are running states or that are in the House of Representatives or the Senate because you run the risk of then losing that seat. Although South Dakota, um, I, I don't I think Christy, uh, Christy Nome, I believe that she has loved in South Dakota. I'm not entirely certain, but uh, the South Dakota folks that I've spoken to in the past, particularly on Red Eye Radio, but also during my uh, local show here in Nashville, all have glowing things to say about Christy Nome. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Speaking of which, uh, I do host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can find out more about me on the socials at Dan Manda Show. Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED Eye is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So there is uh, some audio that I referenced earlier. I want to play for it now, play it for you now. And I got to tell you, it, it takes... It takes a lot to trigger me to the point where I get really, really angry. 
because I have seen so much in, you know, years and years of of hosting talk shows. And I feel like I have seen it all. I feel like I've said it all. And I got to tell you, nothing really surprises me anymore. And I don't necessarily get angry all that often. Then I heard this audio from Nikki Haley. Even talking about this situation, I think what they're saying is Americans are tired. They don't want the chaos anymore. They don't want this to happen. And, you know, look, I have said, I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I do agree with a lot of his policies. But rightly or wrongly, and again, this is wrong what Colorado did, chaos does follow him. And we can't have a country in disarray and a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. So this isn't Donald Trump's chaos. This is the Democrats causing this chaos. Now, this was uh, when that was uh, recorded. She's being interviewed. She was asked about uh, Colorado trying to kick Donald Trump off of the ballot there. That's going to go to the Supreme Court. More than likely, it will uh, be knocked down. But she's referencing chaos. And to me, she's equating Donald Trump and chaos. And, And while I do understand that, I don't believe that you can hold Donald Trump accountable for something that, one, he didn't do, which is inspire and take part in an insurrection, which is what the uh, whole thing in Colorado is all about. But number two, he wasn't even allowed a, a defense in all of this. Because remember, the courts, the Supreme Court in Colorado, what they did was they basically used as the basis for kicking Trump off of the ballot in Colorado was the January 6th commission. Well, in the January 6th commission, Nikki, Donald Trump wasn't even allowed to defend himself. And so for Nikki Haley, you know, when she says things that are so, at least to me, so incredibly infuriating. You don't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. I don't believe that Donald Trump brings this, quote, Republican chaos. I think that what she's doing is, and I also, by the way, would disagree when she says that, you know, Americans are exhausted. I don't believe that Donald Trump supporters are exhausted. I think that Donald Trump supporters are really angry and motivated. I don't think Trump supporters are exhausted at all. Now, I I believe that if the American people are exhausted because of this chaos that Nikki Haley is talking about. Well, don't blame Trump. I mean, I will be the first to admit that as a guy who is supportive of Donald Trump, he doesn't always help himself. I understand that he doesn't always help himself. And I think that he actually thrives on some of the chaos that the left brings. But I think that that chaos that the left brings, I think that by and large, this is something that uh, Donald Trump. And again, I will say that there are times when he purposely brings it on himself. And I do understand that. But when it comes to Colorado, when it came to or when it comes to what happened uh, with the Russian collusion, the Mueller report and all of those other things, the impeachment. That wasn't Donald Trump that brought that. That was the Democrats. Now, Josh is in Kansas City on Red Eye Radio. Josh, go ahead, sir. 
Yes, sir. Um, so I, I basically what I wanted, the main point, like you, you pretty much said it, like I don't think it's fair to say that chaos follows Trump. Chaos chases him. And the type of chaos that is chasing him, now I'm I'm with you. Me personally, I just recently in the last couple of years started getting and listening to politics and stuff and paying attention. The chaos that's chasing him, we we can't like you can't bow down to it. You can't run away from it. Weak people run away from that stuff. You gotta fight it. Like if if you want the chaos to stop and you want our country to get fixed and get better, you can't just say, "Oh well, chaos follows him." So you know, no, yeah. it doesn't follow him. It's chasing him because they're scared of him because he's trying to do the right thing, and bad people don't want that. Well, and one of the other things I would say, Josh, and I appreciate uh, you calling in. One of the other things that I would say is that for the president. He doesn't help himself because he does do things at times to uh, inspire others to go after him. And and I use the example where he he talked about and this was a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure Eric and Gary talked about it where the former the former president, possibly future president, who knows. But he was talking about illegal immigration and how he mentioned that. Uh, illegal immigration poisons the blood of our country. Remember that whole thing? And there was just an absolute crap storm because you had the people on the left in the media say that he was channeling Adolf Hitler. Now, I I don't believe that. I don't think that there's not one person uh, out there who owns a phrase. I don't. But the other thing that, and as Josh says, You can't acquiesce to that hysteria. And so what did Donald Trump do when all of that was going on? He came out and he used that phrase. Roughly that same phrase, the very next speech. And I think part of the message that he was trying to send is that I will not, as Josh was saying, I will not bow down to this BS. I'll say what I darn right will please. And that's what makes America great. Because if that's what Donald Trump wants to say. Despite all the criticism, that is what America is all about. And then America can respond and react to what he said. That's the greatness of what our America, what our country is all about. Jim is in Mobile, Alabama on Red Eye Radio. Jim, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Okay, ready to go. My pick for vice president is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. He's a Army combat veteran, one-term congressman from Florida. He's also been the state chairman of the Republican Party. And if not vice president, why not national security advisor, secretary of defense, or secretary of homeland security? And if I can say one other thing on January the 6th real quick. Who's responsible is Miro Bowser and Nancy Pelosi by not allowing the 10,000 National Guard troops. Now, I'll let you talk. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Uh, right there with you on uh, Miro Bowser, the uh, mayor of Washington, D.C., and uh, also Nancy Pelosi. As far as Alan West goes, I'm a big Alan West fan. 
There's certain interviews I've interviewed uh, in my many years as a news person, as a talk show host. I've interviewed so many people from rock stars to politicians. I will tell you, I've interviewed Alan West a couple of different times. And that guy is just so incredibly passionate about America and the freedoms that we should cherish here in America. Unfortunately, here in America, you have one side that seemingly is trying to take those freedoms away. And uh, Alan West is all about just doing one thing, loving America, protecting our freedoms, protecting our borders. Uh, Ron is in Knoxville, Tennessee on Red Eye Radio. Ron, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Dan? First, I want to say thank you for what you do. You guys are our voice out here when we're on the road. Thank you, man. My Appreciate second it. point is uh, the suggestion for Donald Trump, because Donald Trump likes to poke the bear. So he needs somebody that will be uh, an influence, calm, and straight on point. Mm-hmm. Now, this is crossing the lines, but I refer Robert F. Kennedy. You know, Trump was asked about that, and a lot of people have suggested that. I think that what Trump has said is that there's some things that they agree on, like, for example, the border. But there's a lot of things, other things that they don't agree on. I think one of them, you know, RFK Jr. is so incredibly against vaccines. And one of Donald Trump's, you know, he will tout that one of his biggest accomplishments was coming up with the vaccines in record time during covid. So I I think that um, there might be some room within Trump's cabinet for RFK Jr. But I I think as a running mate, I don't I don't think that would work. And even Trump has said so. However, uh, me personally, I do like RFK for a number of reasons. But there's some of the things that he says and does that uh, I don't like. But the great common denominator with RFK uh, I think clearly is the border. Let's see what Ron in Kansas City has to say on uh, Red Eye Radio. Hey, Ron, how are you? All right. Yes, I just would like to know who would want to be a run- running mate for Donald Trump, especially the way he treated Mike Pence. I mean, Mike Pence was loyal to the guy, and then he just wouldn't lie for him. And then what do you want to do? They wanted to hang him July 6th. You know, so who would want that job? Can, hey, can I? Hey, hey, Ron, 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 Ron. Ron. Oh, shoot. Ron left. Well, what I was going to ask Ron was, did Donald Trump ever? um, And I I understand, by the way, I totally get uh, Ron's point. I do. But when did Donald Trump call for the hanging of Mike Pence? That never happened. Now, we can all, you know, quibble about January 6th and the electors and the, the false electors and, you know, the certification of. Uh, Joe Biden and all that we we could talk about. We will be talking about that for generations to come. But I actually understand what Ron is saying, because if if you are someone who is anti Donald Trump, like clearly Ron is, then you look at what Mike Pence went through. and Mike Pence did go through a lot. And Donald Trump and many other Republicans and well, many conservatives believe that. Mike Pence was wrong in that big political debate of, uh, you know, the previous election. But when Donald Trump talks about loyalty, and this is where, you know, some of you Donald Trump supporters. And by the way, I will say that I am a Donald Trump supporter. I called myself a free agent for the longest time. 
But I think about three weeks ago, I finally said, "Okay, I've looked at I've looked at DeSantis. I've looked at Nikki Haley. I've looked at Vivek Ramaswamy. I've looked at RFK. I've looked at, you know, my guy, Tim Scott. I really like Tim Scott. He, uh, you know, bowed out. And I decided that Donald Trump was my guy. But I can say as a Donald Trump supporter that Ron actually has a legit point. Because being the VP, being the running mate of Donald Trump is something that for somebody who is a politician who has, you know, future aspirations, they may not necessarily want to be the running mate of Donald Trump because a Trump does demand loyalty. And if you're not loyal, if you don't d- agree with everything Donald Trump says or does or demands, then you are by and large uh, accused of being a traitor by Donald Trump. And so I actually do. And again, I say this as a as a guy who likes Donald Trump and voted for him twice. I do actually understand what Ron is uh, talking about. But I will say this, that Trump, if you look at the polling, Donald Trump did a lot of good for this country under a situation where he was perpetually being attacked. And so, again, you look at the polling, the American people are seeing through the B.S. And to me, it is possible that Donald Trump is somebody who could win the election. Other people say, uh, no, he wouldn't. I believe that Donald Trump could win the election. And if he picked the right VP, whoever that person may be, And Donald Trump does as good as he did in the first term. Then his VP could be set up for the next uh, eight years. It just depends on what happens and what that person ultimately ends up goes through uh, during the time as uh, Donald Trump's vice president. But that that is all speculation. Who knows who the uh, former president is going to choose? But it is a great debate. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eyes the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. My name is Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. They return, by the way, next Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Really looking forward to that. And there is so much going on. Coming up, I'm gonna talk about what is going on with illegal immigration. Because I don't know if you've seen what is well, I'm sure you have seen what's going on with illegal immigration, but have you seen what's going on today? And what happened earlier uh, this evening? Going to talk about that straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, 
Welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Is it wrong? I, I always learned when I was a kid it was wrong to gloat at the misfortune of others. But are we as conservatives uh, allowed to gloat at what is going on in Chicago and New York? I mean, because, listen, if you can't gloat at what is going on in Chicago and New York related to illegal immigration, I mean, what can you gloat over? I mean, let's be honest. So in the news today, the mayors of New York, Chicago and Denver are asking the Biden administration for more help in addressing the migrant crisis in their cities. Now, everybody knows what's going on. You've got Texas Governor Greg Abbott and he's busing these illegal aliens or these migrants, whatever you want to call them, to New York and Chicago, Denver as well. And it's interesting because these mayors keep talking about the migrant crisis in their cities and they're blasting Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Do you know how many migrants these cities have actually received respectively? New York, 160,000, Chicago, 34,000, and Denver, 30,000. So Texas and Arizona, they have received, I mean, millions of illegal aliens over the past many years. I mean, certainly since Joe Biden took office. And these idiots are complaining about, you know, New York, again, 160,000, Chicago, 34,000, Denver, 30,000. And so now these uh, mayors are out and they're talking and they have something to say to Joe Biden, including Chicago's mayor, Brandon Johnson, who is echoing what New York's mayor, Eric Adams, has been saying that these migrants are causing issues for his city. The technical support that we receive from the federal government, we appreciate that. Uh, work authorization to put people on a pathway to sustainability, I certainly appreciate that. And without real significant um, investment from our federal government, it won't just be the city of Chicago that won't be able to maintain this mission. It's the entire country that is now at stake. But in no way um, what the state of Texas is doing um, is helping the cause. As much as we recognize that there are challenges, significant challenges at the border, mm-hmm. and we do need real substantive immigration reform right. and policies that allow us um, to have a structure and a pathway mm-hmm. um, to citizenship. But again, sending buses all over the state of Illinois and all over the country is reckless and, quite frankly, is dangerous. So I want to make sure I got this right. When he calls, you know, what is going on reckless and dangerous. He's not talking about the Biden administration and their open border policies. He's talking about Governor Greg Abbott. Got it. And and also when he says in no way what the state of Texas is doing is helping the cause. So try and follow the logic of the Chicago mayor. The problem is that we have rampant illegal immigration. So to stop all of that illegal immigration, Texas put up barriers on land and across the Rio Grande. And Joe Biden used activist judges to tear down those barriers. So what does the mayor of Chicago mean 
when he says that Texas Governor Greg Abbott is not helping the cause. What does he mean by that? In no way what the state of Texas is doing is helping the cause. Well, what's not helping the cause is Joe Biden fighting Texas and other states at every turn to try and do whatever they can to keep illegal immigration at bay. But let's face it, there is no logic when it comes to illegal immigration and the Biden administration. Now, in case you haven't heard my diatribe before, and really it's it's not even, you know, this used to be controversial when you talked about, you know, oh, my God, the great replacement theory. Do you remember the crap storm when Tucker Carlson talked about the great replacement theory? Well, now some people like yours truly, by the way, I don't actually call it the great replacement theory, but, you know, I think what's going on is Joe Biden and the Democrats. They just have a wide open border and they're importing an entirely new an entirely new voting block. I've been saying this for I've been saying this for three years. And it is obvious as to what's going on now, the mayors of Chicago and New York and Denver and probably other mayors as well. You know, they're out there and they're they're sort of gently prodding the Biden administration. But really, they're going after Greg Abbott. One of the other things that you heard him say, the Chicago mayor, he said that this city simply is not built for this kind of crisis. Well, you know what I would say to Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson? You should have thought of that before you decided that you were a sanctuary city. And I also love all of these welcoming mayors who were calling out the Republicans as racist when Republicans were asking that the borders be secure. And conservatives and Donald Trump, we were called a bunch of deplorables and racist and everything else. Well, now what do you say? And I do understand you have heard this same monologue by me and people like me for a long time now. So it almost feels cliche to go down the road of, you know, seeing what's going on in Chicago and New York and Denver and derive some sort of personal gratification and amusement and amusement at the plight of these piece of crap cities that are sanctuary cities. You know what's been going on in Chicago, by the way? The Chicago mayor began impounding the buses that don't adhere adhere to certain restrictions. That include, by the way, a 48-hour arrival notice. So what did Greg Abbott do as the Chicago mayor began impounding buses? He started flying migrants into Chicago. Now, I'm not entirely certain if they can impound airplanes, but it's pretty funny, actually. So basically what's going on is you have all of these these sanctuary city mayors who are getting together to, you know, talk about what's going on and complain about Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And um, you have, of course, uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. He is out there complaining as well. Just last week, 14 buses arrived in a single day, the most ever recorded by officials at our intake center. 
Now, I'm not sure how many of, of these uh, people are on a bus, right? You, you just heard Eric Adams. 14 buses. Oh, the horror of 14 buses. So how many do a bus? Like maybe 100? Maybe? I don't know. So if there's 14 buses times 100 uh, migrants per bus, that's like 1,400, 1,500, right? Compare that to the tens of thousands that are coming in daily across our southern border, Eric Adams. I mean, think about that. Think about how ridiculous that is. And I want you to think, really think about what is going on these days at the southern border. We've got cartels busing bad guys and millions of people over time to the southern border and over the southern border. Those same cartels are also sending uh, drugs across the border to kill Americans. We've got the Mexican government aiding in the illegal migration of millions into our country. I'm sure that you've heard that story where there are migrants that are coming into our country and they're granting interviews. And they're literally saying that the authorities within the Mexican government are helping them along, giving them coordinates, coordinates so that they know how to sneak across. That's what the Mexican government is doing. And all of this is happening at all hours of the day and night. Yet you have Chicago's mayor and New York's mayor who are trying to put restrictions on when Governor Greg Abbott can send illegal aliens to their cities. To provide 32 hours notice in advance of their arrival into New York City. To make sure we have sufficient staffing, we are also requiring that these charter buses arrive only between 8.30 a.m. and 12 p.m., Monday through Friday, Uh and to only drop off passengers at one spot Mm -hmm. unless directed otherwise by New York City Emergency Management. So now Adams has a ton of issues inside of his city, right? His approval ratings are just, I mean, underwater. The New York Times blasting his performance on handling the migrant crisis. This is from Fox News. The Republican executive of Orange County, Stephen Newhouse, telling the New York Times that Eric Adams sent two buses of migrants to his county without making good on his promise to contact him before proceeding. So Adams is making all of these demands of Greg Abbott. Despite the fact of what Greg Abbott is dealing with on the southern border, Adams is making all of these demands and he himself is breaking these demands. Newhouse says, I never heard anything back from the Manhattan mayor. Soon, two buses of migrants with New York City police escorts arrive in his county of Orange County. Arriving at an Orange County hotel. Other officials in upstate New York also complained that Adams did not give them adequate warning before sending buses of migrants upstate. Daniel McCoy, the Albany County executive, telling the New York Times it angered everybody. So you just heard Eric Adams say that he needed notice that all these folks are coming from Texas. 
Yet here he is doing the exact same thing that Greg Abbott is doing, sending migrants to other counties with zero notice. Federal authorities have continued to see record illegal immigration at the southern border in recent weeks, exceeding capacity with more than 20,000 migrants in custody each day. According to federal data recently obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation, in fiscal year 2023, Border Patrol recorded more than two million encounters with illegal migrants crossing the southern border, according to Customs and Border Protection. So there you go. Now, earlier today or yesterday, Wednesday, I guess. There was uh, a big meeting with Anthony Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas. And wait till you hear what happened at this meeting, because they had a meeting with the president of Mexico. And I'm going to tell you what happened on that straight ahead right here on Red Eye Radio. I want to say hello, though, to Walter in Philadelphia calling 866-90-RED-EYE. Walter, thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. Morning. I'm good. Go ahead, sir. I would disagree with the idea that Trump does not bring drama. I I agree with Nikki Haley, and I think that for everyone who kind of puts rose-colored glasses on the last administration, they skip over uh, his negatives. I mean, I don't see anyone from his last administration that wants to work with him again. I saw a White House staff that was full of mess. I see a guy who never takes responsibility for anything and is basically running an election as cover for all of his legal problems so he can say, well, you I'm the leading candidate. I want someone who is going to manage the country and is going to be able to deal with Congress, not somebody who's just out on a four-year revenge ride. All right. So a couple of questions, uh, Walter. I, you know, Walter, can you hold on? Because I'm, I'm too close to the break. Can you hold on? And, and no I'll talk to you about this coming up next. Okay. All right. All right great. Hold on, Walter. We'll return next. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Walter is calling from Philadelphia, and so, Walter... You agree with Nikki Haley that Donald Trump brings nothing but chaos. One of the things that, well, first of all, I, I'm, I don't know if you heard my monologue on this, uh, Walter, but I, I agreed that Donald Trump does bring some semblance of chaos. And I understand that. But you mentioned the legal issues that seem to follow Donald Trump. So when does it matter to you at all that there are many, many legal experts who look at the legal issues that you referenced and say that they have no merit? For example, for for example, hold on, for example, Walter, what's going on in Colorado where they're trying to bounce Donald Trump 
off of the ballot there. From a constitutional standpoint, many legal scholars say that that has absolutely no constitutional merit. Or, for example, in New York, where they're hold on, hold on, uh, Walter, or in New York, where he is accused of inflating the value of Mar-a-Lago in that fraud case where the the district attorney there, Letitia James, she literally is running. She ran on impeaching Donald Trump like like that was her goal. Her goal and the campaign promise that she had was that she was going to impeach Donald Trump or throw Donald Trump in jail. So does it when you talk about the legal wranglings of Donald Trump, does it matter to you that these these cases have no political merit or I should say have no legal merit, according to many legal experts? I would I would say some do, some do not. For example, I think the documents case does have merit. And 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 actually and and hey, hey, Walter, hey, Walter, hold on. I would agree with you that uh, the the documents case is the worst one out there. But then when you look at what Joe Biden did and the fact that you've got all of these other uh, presidents that have done the same thing. But with Donald Trump, I will admit there's some nuances there that do look bad for the president. But what about the other ones that I just mentioned? Uh, True. I I think the Colorado case is faulty. I would agree with that legal basis. I think the New York case, again, is faulty, and that's why it's a lawsuit and not a criminal action. I think the D.C. case and Georgia case have some merit, and I think a conviction is actually possible in both those jurisdictions. Do you you believe that these are all politically motivated. Yes, but so then they when are you... also somewhat self-inflicted. Okay, so tell me how tell me how Colorado and New York are self-inflicted, and the Washington D.C. case. Tell me, tell, tell, tell me how those are. Hold on, hold on. Place. Tell me, tell me how those are self-inflicted. How is Colorado self-inflicted? How is being falsely accused of inflating the value of Mar-a-Lago, which everybody believes that is BS? Tell me how those are self-inflicted. I think some of his business practices have been questionable going all the way back to his casino days from everything from his business interests like you know, making an airline, making a Trump university, selling steaks. Some of his business practices are questionable. All right. But I guess the question is, are they rising to the level? And you don't know this, uh, Walter, but are they do they rise to the level of keeping him out of the Oval Office and in jail? Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 
866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. I was talking earlier about the attorney general general out of the uh, state of New York, Letitia James. And I'm desperately searching for the audio and I can't find it. But she ran and I've got the audio somewhere because I've covered this whole part of it extensively. But she ran on a platform of basically get Trump. And that has been uh, well documented. And so the the more that you look into because I was talking to this guy, Walter, and he's got his opinions on, you know, the whole situation with Donald Trump. And he agrees with Nikki Haley that, you know, Trump is uh, surrounded by chaos and he brings chaos and he has his reasons. And here's the deal. People like Walter, they're they're going to believe what they want to believe. And, and that is because Walter had some some uh, good points. I didn't I did not disagree with everything that Walter was saying. And Walter it sounded like he didn't disagree with uh, all, all of the things that I was saying. But see, to me, when you look at what is going on with Donald Trump and when you look at the, you know, since he came down the uh, escalator and announced that he was running and the platform that he ran on, which was basically, you know, built two things, right? Build the wall and drain the swamp. Well, draining the swamp was obviously an affront to the establishments on both sides. And Letitia James, of course, a Democrat, she was going after Donald Trump big time. Because she is part of that apparatus. And I guess part of what is stunning to me is that when you when you have somebody literally running on the platform of getting somebody like a Donald Trump. And the people in in that state decide that that's the person that they want is their attorney general. Well, then you like somebody like Walter, who I just I wasn't going to win an argument with him. And I don't just so you know, you folks know, I don't try to win win arguments with with people that call in. I don't. It's more of a conversation. But when you're talking to somebody like Walter. And you say, you don't see how a lot of these things are politicized. And he says, yeah, some things are politicized, other things are not. Well, then he starts going back literally decades as far as, you know, Donald Trump's business practices. But the question is, okay, well, then why all of a sudden now is the former president and and possibly future president? He's being brought up on all of these uh, various indictments when he announced that he's running for uh, reelection or running for a second term. It's because they want to stop him. Now, as far as the documents case, and Walter brought it up, and I, I didn't want to, you know, belabor the point. But with Donald Trump's documents case, the fact that he brought the documents back to Mar-a-Lago, I believe that he had every right to do that. Now, where he's going to get in, into trouble, perhaps, is the situation with obstruction of justice. Where he, he told, uh, I think it was the groundskeeper. That he needed to erase the tapes and moving the boxes and all that kind of stuff. But you see, here's the thing. Is that if you want to start comparing, and and this is where sadly we are 
in America today is which party's president is more corrupt? Because if you want to start going, you know, through the dirty deeds of Donald Trump, oh, please, let's compare that to Joe Biden. In the words of the great Clint Eastward, go ahead, make my day. Because if you start looking at Joe Biden and all of that influence peddling and all of that money laundering and all of the things that that he is accused of, not to mention the things that we know he did, which is keeping the border completely open, you know, allowing China to bring in all of that fentanyl through Mexico, I could go on. But if you really want to compare the two, we can. And I would say to Walter, I appreciate him calling in. But like it or not, it very much sounds like Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republicans. And so we are going to then be dealing with a choice. Either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And for those Republicans, and I I didn't ask Walter this question, but for those Republicans that will sit here and say, Well, there's no way that I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I will just stay home. Well, then you're dumber than a stump. And I mean that with absolutely zero respect intended. Because if you can't see the difference, no matter how corrupt you seem to think, uh, you know, Donald Trump may be. You don't think that. He is a better option than Joe Biden. That is insanity. But everybody's, you know, we live in America and you make your choices as to who you want to uh, vote for as a president. But, you know, I I was talking about uh, illegal immigration in one of the previous segments. I'm feeling like I'm I'm kind of all over the place tonight. But, you know, uh, earlier talking about what is going on in the cities of New York, city of Chicago, city of Denver, and how these these mayors have now banded together and, and they're begging. They're begging Joe Biden for a little bit of assistance from the federal level, but they're really blasting. Texas Governor Greg Abbott for shipping these folks, uh, these illegals to their towns. And to me, I mean, I'm shrugging my shoulders. I really don't care what the mayors of Chicago or New York or Denver. I don't really care that they're having a hard time dealing with all of these illegals because they were the ones that called people like me and a lot of you racist. When we wanted Donald Trump to be president of the United States and we wanted him to build that wall, we wanted him to embolden ICE, we wanted him to bolden, embolden the Border Patrol and on it goes. And so now you have this sort of war that is going on within the Democrat Party. And now the question is, we have the record setting illegal immigration that is going on right now. And and part of the question is, okay, well, then uh, what's next? Well, one of the things that went on today was uh, or this week. Is that Anthony Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas talk about the two stooges? They go to uh, the Mexican president so that they can have a little chat. 
This is the headline from the Daily Mail. You ready? Because it's actually kind of funny. So they they arrive for this high flutin meeting with the Mexican president who immediately tells Antony Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas that migration will actually intensify. As yet another caravan of 6,000 migrants head north and 10,000 cross our border every day. So the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, basically told Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas to kiss off. You, you realize that, right? That this was an absolute epic disaster of biblical proportions. Because Joe Biden, who, by the way, you know, America is on fire right now. And Biden's off on another vacation. But he dispatches Antony Blinken and Alejandro Alejandro Mayorkas to speak to the Mexican president so they can get tough on illegal immigration. And basically, the Mexican president, uh, you know, there's nothing actionable. The only headline that's coming out of this meeting is that uh, he told them, oh, yeah, this is going to get worse, not better. So you want to talk about a foreign policy disaster. The visit by Secretary of State Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas is widely seen as a chance for the Biden administration to increase pressure on Mexico to tighten border security ahead of next year's presidential election. But the Mexican president got his response in first, saying the U.S. Congress should offer more help to Latin America rather than building walls. In other words, he basically, you know, cut the whole thing off at the pass. Lopez Obrador did. So what does that tell you? It tells you that here we have yet another world leader. Fresh, by the way, fresh off of Xi Jinping telling Joe Biden, oh, yeah, we're going to get Taiwan. We're going to get Taiwan. His crooked finger right in our president's face saying we're going to get Taiwan. And now we have another world leader. The Mexican president saying, oh, yeah, this whole thing is going to continue. Doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Antony Blinken posted this. You ready? How do you know that this trip was a complete and utter failure by looking at this tweet by Antony Blinken? The U.S.-Mexico partnership is crucial to prosperity and security in our countries and throughout the Americans, the Americas. Good to discuss these issues and our shared efforts to reduce irregular migration with Mexico's president today in Mexico City. Is that it? You know, we call that we call that platitudes. That's what we call it. Robert Charles is a former Bush 43 assistant secretary of state 
talking about these meetings today and how eh, really not a whole heck of a lot was accomplished. President Trump was right. The bottom line is you not only have insecurity all over the United States as a result of this, with 100,000 kids now dying of fentanyl that gets shipped from, from with precursors from China, then made in Mexico and shipped up here to kill our kids. But you've also yeah. got a terrorism threat with sleeper cells that are yep. very real here. So I think this is becoming a, a very fast becoming one of the couple of top issues in the country. And I did mention it earlier in the program today. There are migrants out there that will say that the authorities in Mexico are actually helping them come across our southern border. So here we are yet again, a laughingstock to the rest of the world. Sean is in Pensacola, Florida on Red Eye Radio. Sean, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. Um, I just wanted to to say that I don't think there is a lot of chaos with Trump in office. Uh, I didn't have to watch the news every day. Um, I didn't have to worry about a terrorist showing up on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country just seemed to flow, even with all the resistance that he had. You know, Sean, you bring uh, up a you it? you Sean, you bring up a, a great point, which is if Nikki Haley, and this goes back, you know, quite some time in the broadcast now, but. You know, Nikki Haley is out there saying that the American people are tired of the chaos that is surrounding Trump. Sean, you bring up a great point. Uh, Nikki, if you'd like to talk about chaos, let's talk about what is going on in those Democrat run cities across the country. You really want to see chaos? That is where the chaos is. And Sean, that is a great point, my friend. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine very quickly uh let's see here this is a Doug in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on red eye radio uh Doug go ahead thanks for calling in hey Dan boy you guys are you guys are just good there's no other way to put it um actually a couple things just listening to your last dialogue, I got even more thoughts rushing through my head um but to try to narrow it down the funny thing if you will about Trump is <laughs> Take the politics out of it. How much better were we as a country then versus now? And this January 6th BS, frankly, was nothing more than the American people say, you know, I'm as bad as heck and I'm not taking it anymore. And the stupid politics of he was inciting riots and and things of that nature, take off the rose-colored glasses and see what's really going on, people. He was for and still is for the country. He wants the best for us, et cetera. And, you know, the, what's going on right now, we should all be rioting daily. And I'm not trying to incite a riot, but we should all be yelling from the rooftops that we've had enough and we're not taking it anymore. And, and we'll leave it there. Doug, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Got a lot more straight ahead. Dan Mandis here on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio.
on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. You can follow me on the uh, socials at Dan Mandis Show. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook as well. And uh, I want you to go to my Twitter feed because I posted a video that was making the rounds um, yesterday. And it's actually probably the last couple of days where you see police in New York City just absolutely battling these anti-Israel protesters. Now you hear the woman screaming. Look what you did. Well, here's the thing. And she's screaming at the police officers for... I guess what what the accusation is by this woman, look what you did, look what you did. Well, the the protester was on the ground. He was like kneeling. And he's got a bloodied face. Now, if you go look at the video, you will see that there's this large throng of anti-Israel people over over there in New York that are attacking the police. And the police are attacking back. So when the woman is screaming, look what you did, look what you did to the police, my answer back would be, well, look what you did. Because if you show up and you start messing with the cops, they do have every right to respond. And I don't know about you folks, but I think that there's a lot of the American people who are really sick and tired of these anti-Israel Antagonists who are trying to disrupt everything. I mean, part of what the uh, we've been talking about across the talk radio. I know uh, Matt Murphy, I think, uh, talked about this the last couple of days where in uh, in my state of Colliersville, outside of Memphis, you had all of these anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. protesters and they're they're driving through the parking lot of a mall and they're honking their horns and they're you know they're verbally accosting people and people are just trying to shop and they've got their palestinian flags out there and they're screaming you know all of their anti-israel rhetoric from the from the river to the sea palestine will be free you know all of those things And so as as they're out there and they were saying before Christmas, they were saying it's not going to be Christmas as usual. Ceasefire now, as by the way, uh, Hamas is shooting at and firing rockets uh, to Israel into Israel. So all the ceasefire now people make absolutely no sense whatsoever. And, And that's what was going. That makes no sense. This woman, look what you did. Look what you did. Well, the dude was going after the police. Now, I hate to break it to some of you folks who are, you know, anti-cop, but 
Police have batons and police have guns. And so attacking them on the streets of New York City, probably not really smart. But besides all that, I think that the American people, I think they really are getting tired of all of this absolute utter BS that is going on across America. Whether it is a small town in uh, Tennessee, Colliersville, outside of Memphis. Or the city of New York. Where the big ball is supposed to drop on New Year's Eve and there are major worries now. That there might be some of the hijinks and shenanigans that uh, we're seeing all across the country. Because not only did they try to do whatever they could to disrupt Christmas. Because remember... As you're one of their little chants out there in a Colliersville was um, while you're out shopping, bombs are dropping. That, that, that was the chant while you're shopping, bombs are dropping. OK. That was going on, by the way, not only in Colliersville, Tennessee, but also in London and L.A. and Toronto and other cities. And you know full well as to what's going on on college campuses. So it was not supposed to be Christmas as usual. And is not going to be New Year's as usual either. And I think that the American people, as I said, I think I think they're getting tired of this. And I guess the the other question that I would have is, who do they really think that they're converting over to their side? By blocking roads. I mean, this is from the New York Post. You ready? At least 26 anti-Israel protesters arrested for blocking traffic to JFK. As agitators stage similar rally outside of uh, LAX. So whether it's LAX or JFK. You've got these anti-Israel protesters that are blocking traffic. And I'm telling you what, I'm looking at the video now. Traffic is backed up for miles. You know, there is that story. I forget where. Well, where was this? Where there was a, a story and a, I don't I can't remember where it was. But you had some of these idiots that decided that they were going to block the roads. And some dude just walked up and started shooting them. Now, I want to be perfectly clear when I say that violence like that is never okay. But that being said, I understand why this happens. Because people get so incredibly ticked off, especially if you live in a place like New York or Los Angeles. Where you've got these moronic protesters who just decide that they're going to block the street. And that makes about as much sense as throwing fake blood on a priceless painting. Which is also the tactics of these idiots on the left. And I know that there's some people in talk radio that will say, well, when you start name calling, you lose the argument. You know what? I'm not name calling. I'm describing the people on the left because they are idiots. It's not an insult, it's an adjective. The protest began around 11 a.m. 
when about five cars abruptly stopped on the Van Wyck Expressway in front of an Israeli flag flying near the Queens Airport's Terminal 4. Some protesters got out of their vehicles and unfurled a banner saying, right to return home and divest from genocide. There you go. That's a good one. Videos posted to social media later showed as many as 40 people with their hands linked, blocking traffic on the highway and on a service road, forcing travelers to walk to their terminals in the rain with their luggage. And I see here's the here's the rub. And this is what makes it difficult is that they do have their right to protest and they do have their right to free speech. But what about my right to be able to get to my damn plane on time? And they're not helping their cause. See, that's the biggest thing that I just I don't understand what they don't understand. And I realize these aren't the brightest of people. And I understand that when you look at what is happening between Israel and Hamas, they have their side. Supporters of Israel have uh, their side. And I understand that. But I don't know. Can somebody can somebody point to me a situation where supporters of uh, Israel have gotten out and, and blocked roads? Have supporters of Israel done that? No, it's always these. These, uh, you know, anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protesters that are out there trying to disturb uh, life for the rest of us. And they're, again, not to belabor the point, but they're not helping their cause at all. The protesters could be seen chanting from the river to the sea, a slogan that many call the elimination of Israel. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. From the river to the sea, a slogan that many view as a call for the elimination of Israel. Because when you when you do that, then what are you wiping out from the river to the sea? Palestine will be free. That means you're you're wiping out Israel. And by the way, you can also sit here and say, well, just because they're at this protest doesn't mean they want genocide. Well, who's putting on the protest and what is it that they're chanting? I wouldn't go to a KKK protest because I know what they stand for. I wouldn't go to a protest where, you know, the values are not my own. So if you're going to a protest where they're chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, that by and large, by most accounts, means that um, they want the elimination of Israel, which means genocide. Hello. See, that's what I mean when I, I just say I just I don't I don't I just I don't think they're very smart. And the fact that they can't see that because, you know, a lot of these people, they're based on emotion. I mean, look at Rashida Tlaib. She's a nut job. And so you got Rashida Tlaib and, and other people. They're just they're so led by emotion and not by what I would say is a reasonable or rational argument. Because you had you had thousands of people killed 
in uh, in Israel on October 7th. And you still to this day. Have them firing rockets into Israel. And so Israel is doing whatever it needs to do to defend itself. And by the way, for you folks that are looking for me and finding me on social media, what about Joe Biden and his financing of Iran? Oh, trust me when I say I know all about Joe Biden financing Iran, financing uh, Hamas, financing the bad guys. And yes, we are financing both sides of this war. Now, the financing for uh, Hamas and Iran is absolutely wrong. Yet Joe Biden continues to do it. The financing, in my opinion, for Israel, uh, that is um, where we are on the right track. So it's just crazy. And so now in New York, they're talking about and that's part of the big storylines this morning in New York. They're talking about and needing to, you know, beef up on security, undercover officers. They're going to have drones out there as well, because, you know, these same, uh, you know, malcontents. That are out there, you know, screaming at the police officers and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're thinking that it is going to be like this on steroids and it's going to be awful. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I I wish the police uh, the, the best of luck. But it's going to be really, really ugly, perhaps. On New Year's Eve, 86690 Red Eye, 866-907-3339. Dan Mendes here on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer, such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Radio 86690 Red Eyes, the phone number 866-907-3339. To the phones we go. David is in Kentucky on Red Eye Radio. David, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how come when Trump wanted to close the border, that was racist. But they will send Blinken and Mayorkas to Mexico to try to get him the president of Mexico to close his border, and that's not racist. Well, Could I think part, actually explain that. 
Well, I think I think part of it, uh, David, is that uh, the Republican Party is going to perpetually be called racist no matter what we do, because that's just our lot in life. Now, what I liked about Trump is that he didn't give a crap about being called racist. He just did what he had to do. And and by the and by the way, David, just so we're just so we're clear, um, there's no there's no real attempt by the Democrats to really want to control illegal immigration. I mean, a lot of this is, frankly, just for show because they want to import as many uh, illegal aliens into our country as possible, eventually grant them amnesty. And then, of course, uh, they'll be able to vote theoretically Democrats. So this is just to me, it it is just nothing more than show and tell. Well, I understand that. But it seems to me like they're wanting to do the same thing that the Democrat Party wanted to do before the Civil War started. See, nobody talks about they are the ones that perpetuated the Civil War. They are the party that wanted slavery. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, and as a matter of fact, David, I talked about that earlier tonight. Uh, you're right. There's a big kerfuffle. And, David, I appreciate uh, the call. There's a big deal with uh, Nikki Haley where she was asked about uh, the reason why the Civil War started and she did not mention slavery. I'll tell you what, I'll revisit that uh, coming up next here on Red Eye Radio. I want to get some of these calls because folks have been holding on for a while. This is Bill calling from Los Angeles on Red Eye Radio. Bill, thanks for calling in. Hey, Happy New Year, Dan. Uh, since, since you were talking about the, the rioting here in Los An- at LAX today, you know, there were, the, you were going easy on them. There were about 35 people arrested for rioting, including slamming a police officer to the ground and throwing concrete at passersby on foot and in cars. So these, these people are just out of control. I know somebody who got away just in time and who missed that just by a hair. They were throwing concrete at cars? Yeah, and pedestrians. They grabbed planters. That they found in the middle of the street and started breaking them up and threw concrete at people. And that's when the, the police declared it an unlawful assembly and they busted a bunch of them. But at least one police officer was hurt. You know, this, this is why. And, and I, I, I struggle, Bill. I'm not a perfect human being, but that's when I wish the cops would just take their batons and beat the living snot out of these people because they have no right to disrupt my life or to assault people. And so then, of course, the big question is, if they're grabbing, you know, big concrete blocks or whatever it is, and they're throwing them at, uh, at vehicles or at people, then w- what is the charge? Seems to me the charge should be attempted murder because they're not trying to, you know, I, I don't know, play tiddlywinks with these people. They're trying to do a serious harm to them. So do, are they going to charge these people, Bill, or do you know? Yeah, they've been char- yeah like a 35 of them, as I said, have been charged with rioting. I, I will tell you this. There should be more. Uh, it should be more than just rioting. I think that if they're actually throwing concrete uh, blocks and cinder blocks either at people or at cars and so forth, then there ought to be a more serious charge. And Bill, uh, very much appreciate uh, you calling into Red Eye Radio. Unflippin' believable. Man alive. I'll tell you what, folks. It is It is going to be a crazy 2024. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. want to say hello to, this is Robert calling from Hollywood on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Robert, how are you? Good morning. Well, I'm not feeling very well like you aren't and most Americans aren't because most Americans are pretty damn good people. I'll say that much. These people that are doing all the, the screaming and yelling and the chaos don't represent the majority. I think they agree on that. But I think the problem is not is not only the completely erroneous uh, Marxist professors in the schools that are creating a problem, which is the source. The problem is there's no alternative for us people that think straight, that want to the answers and want the truth. The answers are philosophical, and they stem from our original roots, which go back to Grecian Roman or Aristotelian. And our our country was founded by, uh, it was religious people here, but they were enlightened Christians, uh, uh, the age of enlightenment, people must understand that. And this country was based on the, on the rights of the individual, inalienable rights, which is the inalienable right, and you could discard the Bible as the Pauli Fathers did, and bring about a rational philosophy. Those are our roots, that's where our problems are stemming from, everything's coming from that. And in, in the political world, I'm so disgusted with the politicians, including Donald Trump, uh, and she is right about him. He is a demagogue, I think. He creates more chaos. He doesn't have any philosophical roots. And, and I don't think the answer is going to come from him or anybody who's a power seeker. What we need is people with a rational philosophy, and that includes economics. And, and we don't need subsidizing. We need to cut spending. Get the subsidies out of the economy and go into these entitlement programs and start doing the necessary Cutting there also. There are so many people. Well, so, so hey, 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 Robert, hey, Robert, let's cut to the chase. So, so you, do you do you feel like Trump is a conservative or no? Well, I like the conservatives of Barry Goldwater, George Will conservatives. If you understand what I mean, George Will left the Republican Party, by the way, because of our GSL. Many people are. I will not vote for Donald Trump. Any other questions? So. I, 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 I guess. You don't need a Democrat. He is a troublemaker. Mickey Haley is right. He, he, I saw him in his debates. He smears everybody he gets in touch with. He's a manipulator, a psychological manipulator of the worst order. And he only wants the power. He really cared about this country. He would cut subsidies. I don't. Uh, so, uh, Robert, thanks for the call. I, here, here's, here's what I will say. Because um, I've. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've, I've been up way too long and I've had four Red Bulls. I was having a little a bit of a hard time following where he was going. So but he basically he says that Donald Trump is a demagogue and he's not a, a real conservative. So and, and I hear that often where like Donald Trump is not a real conservative. Donald Trump is not a true conservative. Right. You hear that all the time. And, you know, when I when people say that. I think, OK, so what makes a true conservative? And does anybody really care? That That's one of the other questions that I would have. Now, when you look at the metrics, what makes a true conservative? And, and he's right. Donald Trump did spend a lot of money. But he was dealing with COVID. That's number one. 
But number two, there were certain things that he, he felt like he had to do. But I am all about cutting spending. Trust me when I say that, Robert. I am all about cutting spending. But what are the metrics that make one a true conservative? Because one of the things that he said was that Donald Trump is a, a demagogue. Right? I'm, whatever. I don't see it that way. I mean, when you look at the amount of executive orders, for example, because that's one of the things that people always say about Donald Trump, right? That this is a guy who is authoritarian, right? So he's just like Vladimir Putin. Paul Ryan said that a couple of weeks ago. Well, here's the thing. Would you like to look at how many executive orders Donald Trump signed and compare that to other presidents? Donald Trump had an average of 55 executive orders a year in his four years in office. Well, that's fine. But would you like to talk about Jimmy Carter's 80 or Gerald Ford's 69? Richard Nixon, 62. Lyndon B. Johnson had 63. and John F. Kennedy had 75. Were they authoritarian like Donald Trump is or no? I mean, please tell me what what makes a conservative, because part of what drives me crazy is a, a lot of these folks that are out there who deem themselves and, oh, we have them here in Nashville. We have them here in Middle Tennessee. Oh, my Lord, don't even get me started where they'll say, well, we are the only true conservative. I'm the only true conservative. Really? Well, by what metric? Because I'm always very suspicious of people who say that they're the only true conservatives. Because the Republican Party, which is the conservative party, theoretically, would disagree with you. But, you know, when you look at what what does what makes a conservative by what metric? So when you look at the Supreme Court, Donald Trump brought in a. Three really good conservative Supreme Court justices. Uh, he, he brought in a border under control. That's another thing that he did. He is a big-time supporter of Israel. He is a big-time supporter of law and order. And he understands that our enemies are Iran and China and North Korea, among others, obviously. So by what metric is Donald Trump? And I'm, I'm genuinely asking because I'll be honest with you. I'm very much of a pragmatist. And so when people are like, oh, Donald Trump's not a real conservative. What? Somebody tell me what that means. Because for me, I, I'm not about titles. I'm not about labels. I'm not about any of that. But, you know, there's people like uh, George Conway, right? George Conway. Or Asa Hutchinson, you know, some of these people, uh, well, where they themselves will say Donald Trump's not a real conservative. Please tell me by what metric. Is it because you don't like his tweets? Because you felt like he was, and I'm going to air quote here, isolationist? What is it that doesn't make Donald Trump a conservative? And you know what? Maybe he's not a conservative. I really have no idea. What I know is I like the man's policies when it comes to the most important issues. 
and waffles a little bit on uh, on life, you know, the, the fight for life. He waffles a little bit on that. Ron DeSantis, if I remember right, and I'm spitballing on this one, but Ron DeSantis had like a six, uh, six seven-week uh, heartbeat uh, bill in Florida. And Donald Trump, if I remember right, he, he called that ridiculous, saying it was too short. And he said he would negotiate something so that everybody would be happy. Well, no, that's not the way that it works. But when it comes to things that I feel passionately about, calling out Iran, for example, here's the other thing. When we talk about how, you know, Joe Biden is uh, apparently not a, a, a demagogue or Joe Biden is not an authoritarian. Well, can we can we talk about that for a minute? Because while it, it turns out Joe Biden uh, for total right now has fewer executive orders than Donald Trump did. But here's the thing. Why don't you look at the the consequences of Joe Biden's executive orders, because the consequences of Joe Biden's executive orders have been horrific. If you want to talk about what's been going on on the southern border, because, man, it was like day one that Joe Biden came in. It was throw out the welcome mat. And so all of a sudden, day one, Biden takes the oath of office. And what happens? He stops wall construction. He stops deportations. He stops or cancels the remain in Mexico policy, among other things that brought a flood of illegal aliens to America. So you want to talk about impactful or consequential executive orders? So all these people that say that, you know, Donald Trump is a, you know, he he wants to be uh, Hitler. He wants to be authoritarian. Uh, he's demagogue. What, I mean, all of these labels, it just they don't make sense to me. They just don't. And maybe I'm, you know, politically stupid. I don't think I am. I, I read about politics a lot and I cover politics a lot and I have been for years. But I just don't understand. And I think that that is part of what, you know, we like to call uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Right. You know, these these uh, these morons at the Lincoln Project, really, are they the ones who are going to sit here and tell us who the most conservative is within our party? Is Chris Christie more conservative than Donald Trump? Maybe he is. I, I don't know. But it seems to me like right now, the people who I watch and that I listen to and that I read. Regardless of what label you put on Donald Trump. Dude's got scoreboard, like it or not. Donald Trump has scoreboard and he was right about China. He was right about the Muslim ban. And by the way, I'm air quoting on Muslim ban because, you know, if you pay attention, you know that the Muslim ban, which is, by the way, another thing that Joe Biden reversed on day one was Donald Trump's air quoting Muslim ban because it had nothing to do with banning Muslims. And if you're smart and you've done your homework, you absolutely know that that wasn't a Muslim ban. He banned people coming into our country from some of these countries that are rife with terrorism and 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 rife with uh, uh, hatred for America. That's where he banned the uh, people from coming into our country from places like Yemen. 
I don't have the whole list in front of me, but if it was a true Muslim ban, as I've explained on Red Eye Radio before, if it was a true Muslim ban, then guess what would have happened? He would have banned Muslims from all of the Muslim majority countries. But he didn't. India? Nope. So that's the point. So you can sit here and and, and talk about how Donald Trump is some sort of a a demagogue or, you know, all of these other things. But, you know, he's power hungry. That's always another one. Oh, Donald Trump is power hungry. Okay, Whatever you say. But to me, I think that the former president, perhaps he'll be a future president again. I think that Donald Trump did an amazing job. Four years that he was in office. Did he make some mistakes? Sure, he did. Did he spend a lot of money? Yeah, he spent a lot of money. He also had to deal with COVID. There's all kinds of things that are debatable, like every presidency, by the way. But when you look at the scoreboard and you look at where we are now versus where we are within Trump and his administration, it's clear that Donald Trump had a far harder time dealing with the media, dealing with the opposite party, dealing with COVID, by the way, among other things. And yet, you know what? By and large, he did pretty darn good. Joe Biden got an economy that was recovering, coming out of COVID. He had a border that was under control for the most part. Had Iran on the ropes. When it came to their economy because of what Donald Trump did to Iran with the sanctions. And where are we now? Iran is funding terrorism, attacking Israel. Joe Biden has been funding them, looking the other way on the sanctions that Donald Trump put in place. And that has given Iran billions of dollars. Biden inherited a border that was under control. Look how it is now. I could go on, but I won't. The phone number is 866-90-RED. I got a lot more straight ahead. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. All right, I need to make a correction. Because I take my job as a talk show host very seriously and I... I need to make a, a correction. I mentioned in the last segment that Paul Ryan called Donald Trump a uh, uh, wannabe authoritarian. But what he actually said was that Donald Trump is not a conservative. He is an authoritarian narcissist. I left out the narcissist part. And, you know, I read that and I thought, really? And, and, and Barack Obama's not? I mean, good Lord. So I don't know. It is interesting. All of the all of the pigeonholing as to, you know, what exactly is a, a true conservative. You know, one of the things that I, I find fascinating is that you, you have people who, at least it seems to me, are nowhere near conservative enough. And they are the ones that are calling out the conservatives as not nearly pure enough. It's stunning. Actually, kind of entertaining too. 86690 Red Eye, 866907 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.